0: You're listening to The Wrap.
1: A Warren Averett podcast for business leaders.
0: Designed to help you access vital business information and trends when you need it.
1: So you can listen, learn, and then get on with your day.
0: Now, let's get down to business. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Wrap. I'm Kim Hartsock, and I'm excited to be with you today. We are continuing with our series on industries, and today we're going to be talking about private equity groups. Uh, we have our experts with us today. We have uh, Adam, David, and Floyd. So welcome, guys, and some of you welcome back to the podcast. We're excited to have you today.
1: Hey, I'm Adam West. I've been with the firm for about 12, 13 years now, and I spend a large part of my practice in the private equity space.
2: Hi, I'm Floyd Holloman, and I've been with the firm for about 16 years, and I also spend a large part of my time in the private equity space.
3: I'm Dave Legrand. I'm a member in the tax division of our firm, uh, and I specialize in merger and acquisition tax work.
0: We're really excited to have you guys here today. I know you are the experts, and uh, I know you have a lot of information to share with our listeners. So we're going to jump right in. And Dave, I'm going to start with you. What are the challenges or opportunities for private equity groups that you're seeing that maybe other industries are not? Or maybe how common are the challenges that they're facing with all the other industries?
3: Yeah, thanks, Kim. So a lot of
0: what we've seen
3: in the last 12 or 24 months, a lot of these tax issues aren't necessarily unique to PE, but they're impacting businesses across multiple industries, also significantly impacting private equity in their portfolio companies. Um, and, and a lot of these that we're going to talk about kind of come from the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act in 2017. Uh, so when a big tax package is rolling through Congress, rolling through the legislative branch, they like to score it with CBO, Congressional Budget Office, kind of they do a 10-year kind of period that they look at it. And so to make the math work for what they were negotiating, they kind of took the last five years and they had some of these kind of pseudo hidden revenue raisers backed into it. And so that's that's kind of coming into play starting in tax year 22, kind of a 10 year mark from 17 to 26. And so starting in 2022, there's some of these revenue raisers in there that are impacting a lot of the timing of these deductions that that business clients that we have are, are used to having when they make tax distributions out of their portfolio companies, up to their investors to make tax payments, and et cetera. So um, these these couple issues that we're going to talk about today are the issues that we're seeing most often in the last, like I said, year or two, 12, 24 months. Okay, so the first issue that we wanted to look at today was with respect to business interest. And the way that the tax law used to work up to tax year 2022, so through 21, is your business interest was capped at effectively 30% of taxable EBITDA earnings before income, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. And starting in tax year 2022, so last year, you were no longer allowed to add back depreciation and tax amortization to the formula. So if you have a lot of tax depreciation and a lot of tax amortization, which is usually a really large number for private equity investments because the way they structure their acquisitions, they get this uh, taxable uh, goodwill that's amortizable and deductible. So that becomes a big number. It kind of materially alters the formula to where Business interest deductions are either are are delayed in greater amounts than they were prior to this 2022 change. So uh, the change to the formula in business interest is, I think, is a particularly big issue for private equity. Um, And the other piece of this is we see this hitting private equity a lot because they have a propensity to leverage up their portfolio investments with debt to increase their rate of return when they have an exit. So. Uh, interest rates being up. There's a lot of debt. They have a lot of goodwill amortization. And just the way the tax law works, this change in 2022 where you can no longer add back depreciation and amortization to the formula, it's becoming a, a big, big issue for private equity and portfolio companies with respect to the timing of business interest deductions.
1: And Dave, just to piggyback off that, I think there is a, a planning opportunity out there for businesses that have inventory to look at potentially capitalizing some of their interest and deducting it as they're As their inventory is sold, so that that's a planning opportunity, somewhat lesser known, but it is an opportunity that's out there to help mitigate that penal provision of not being able to add back your depreciation and amortization.
3: That's a great point, Adam.
0: And Floyd, I know where you sit um, in the firm. You do a lot of specialty tax projects, and so what are you seeing as it relates to private equity?
2: Yeah. So, Kim, one of the things we're seeing is starting in 2022, companies that incur research and development cost, also known as Section 174 cost, they must capitalize those over five years um, for R&D costs incurred in the U.S. and 15 for R&D costs incurred outside the U.S. Um, and I, I do want to point out this is not an elective. This is something that you have to implement starting in 2022 if you do have R&D cost. And prior to 22, companies with R&D costs could expense those costs in the year they incurred them. So this is a big change. Um, And just to give you, just to kind of go over in general what these costs include, all costs incidental to the development or improvement of of a product or activities intended to discover information that would eliminate uncertainty. These are the types of costs that are pulled into this new tax law. And these are pretty broad, as you can see. Um, and some specifics related to these are salaries of people doing R&D in your in your organization uh, or outside contractors that may be doing R&D for your company, uh, as well as supplies used up in the R&D process. And any overhead that may be related to R&D activities also have to be poured in and capitalized starting in 22.
0: So companies that are in the business of doing those things, that's a pretty... Could be a pretty significant number that they're having to add back.
2: Very, very large negative tax impact on companies with high levels of R and D activity. And it is worth noting, Kim, this is a this is a temp. It's it's a timing difference. So the company does still get the deduction. It's just over five years typically, or fifteen for non-US R and D. So in general, it's a timing difference. But there's a very negative a very negative part of this law for companies that may be prepared to sell. If if you're selling a company, uh, this becomes a permanent item because if you've got any unamortized expense sitting there when you sell, you lose that. That goes over to the buyer. And not only do you lose that expense, but you also do not get to take the unamortized expenditures as basis against your gain or loss. So Uh, it's really a double whammy and it's a permanent it's a permanent change so um this is really having a negative impact on companies that are getting ready to sell that have some unamortized r&d expenses but along those same lines another an opportunity that exists with these r&d costs is the r&d tax credit which has been in existence since 1981 uh and it provides a valuable credit for taxpayers with the R&D costs. Now, while these R&D costs related to the R&D credit are very similar to the R&D costs that must be capitalized under this new tax law that we were just talking about, the tax law has no effect on the R&D credit. So, the R&D credit still exists as it did in the past and will help mitigate some of the negative impact of the law requiring the capitalization of these R&D costs. So, you know if, if you're if you if you have costs that must be capitalized, um, it just makes sense to take the r and d credit to go ahead and, uh, and mitigate some of the uh, some of the negative impact of that new law
0: yeah, that's good to know for for companies that haven't taken advantage of the r and d tax credit in the past, certainly they need to consider that knowing now that they've had this change with the way that they can um, expense those expenditures exactly. Yeah, and, and Kim, along with the
3: 174 that Floyd's talking about and the business interest uh, bonus depreciation, kind of the tax law's ability to let taxpayers effectively expense capital expenditures 100%, uh, it's being phased down starting in tax year 2023. So this year it's going to 80%, the next year 60%, then 40 then 20 then gone, assuming nobody changes the tax law between now and 2026, which is anybody's guess. But um, at any rate, If you're capital intensive, if you're buying a lot of equipment, uh, if you're a manufacturer, distributor, if you're in construction, if you're doing something where you're buying a lot of capital equipment and you've been counting on that bonus depreciation to accelerate that deduction, that's going to be getting phased down. It's also going to be another one of those kind of revenue raisers that's on the back end of that 10-year period that we talked about. So uh, I think bonus depreciation is another one to really watch and see if that law changes. Um, There's some momentum, hopefully. Uh, that people are looking at changing the 174 capitalization that Floyd was talking about, looking at this business interest deduction formula, and then also bonus depreciation. These were very popular tax provisions in the tax law prior to the implementation of these changes. Yeah, good point, David. We're we are seeing a lot of um,
2: legislative activity around getting overturning these some of these laws. Just don't know as of you know as of today, it's still the law, and that's what we need to plan for. But Hopefully, we'll see some relief in the the future.
0: And Adam, I know you've done a lot of work with the um, employee retention tax credits. And what are you seeing as that specifically relates to private equity groups?
1: Yeah, there's been a lot going on when it comes to the employee retention tax credit. I think one of the biggest things over the last few months has been the moratorium that the IRS put in place. Basically, where the IRS said, hey, we're not going to process any additional claims until early 2024. They've introduced a withdrawal process to where taxpayers that have filed claims that have not been paid, uh, taxpayers can withdraw those claims, kind of penalty-free, if you will. And I, I think as it relates to private equity, we're seeing ERC become a deal item and it's simply because of all the scrutiny around it. So when 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 a portfolio company has claimed ERTC, I think they need to look at their documentation for it did they apply under the gross receipts test which is more black and white or are they applying under the partial shutdown test which can be very subjective and now would be a great time if you did apply under that partial shutdown test even if you're not being audited by the IRS to really go back and look through your documentation and beef it up uh, because we do think it will be something that you know potential buyer down the road is, is going to look at very closely.
0: So these are all pretty significant changes that business owners and leaders are having to face. Uh, What would you tell leaders that are listening on this podcast today? What should they do to position their organizations for success in the future? And uh, Floyd, we'll start with you. Okay.
2: Yes, Kim, I would say if you have R&D activities, talk to your tax advisor to identify the research expenses that must be capitalized so that you can you know, properly budget for your upcoming tax liability for 2022 or 2023 and 2024. So also, if you have R&D activities that must be capitalized, I would say strongly consider taking the R&D credit to mitigate some of the additional tax burden created by this new law.
3: Dave, how about you? I I would just say, like Floyd was saying, planning for these things is key. I I mean, I would look at your business interest Look at that formula. Make sure you're modeling it out so you don't have a big cash tax outlay surprise when you do your tax distributions. I'd look at bonus depreciation if you're capital intensive, but definitely look at the business interest. I
1: think for ERC, the biggest thing is to make sure that you have your documentation in order. Um, So we've seen a lot of situations where a company has applied for millions of dollars of tax credits with only a few pages of support for the government orders or, or. you know, the support showing why they qualified. So I think maintaining is contemporaneous documentation that outlines your position, because e- even if you're not audited by the IRS, again, it in every situation we're seeing it become a deal point, and I think it's just something you, you've got to be ready for. And if you do have a claim that you filed and you're unsure of your position, now would be a good time to address it.
0: So here on The Wrap, we always like to wrap it up in 60 seconds or less. So Dave, what would you want to leave the listener with today?
3: I would just encourage everybody to to do a lot of planning, a lot of forecasting, to look at these specific areas of the tax law. We're just seeing it hit clients over and over and over again the last year or two. So I would just try to get with your advisors, model out the business interests, the R&D credit and the capitalized expenses. Uh, I would look at if any ERC claims you have. And then if you're capital intensive, I would look at bonus and just try to model this out so you don't have any surprises. Um, So just please reach out to us. We'd love to help.
0: Thank you guys for being with us today. And thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
3: Thanks for having us. Thanks, Kim. We appreciate it. Always enjoy coming
1: on, Kim. Thank you.
0: And that's a wrap. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review on your streaming platform.
1: To check out more episodes, subscribe to the podcast series or make a suggestion of other topics you want to hear.
0: Visit us at warrenabrit.com forward slash the rep.